Hello and welcome to the Baggies broadcast. I am here, my name is Luke Hatfield. I'm joined by Matt Wilson, our West Brom correspondent here at the Express and Star. Matt, uh, a pretty sombre mood to start the week uh, here and around the world of football in general, especially English football, but even more so in the Midlands. The sad, sad news, of course, regarding Cyril Regis. He passed away yesterday at the day of record, at the time of recording. Uh, 59 years of age. Um, it's not great news to start the week, is it? Really, it's terrible news. It is, yeah. And um, you know, it's, it's the only place really we can start this podcast. I would suggest because of the how important he was um, to the Albion and what he meant to everybody connected with the Albion. You know, I'm thinking of um, players, staff. Um, but in particular, the fans, mm. you know, for I think for a whole generation of supporters, he was he's the reason why they support the club. You know, um, I know speaking, you know, he was before my time, but I know speaking to uh, to my own dad about um, that team of the seventies, and Cyril Regis was his idol, mm. and I'm sure there's plenty of fans out there that, that feel the same way. Um, you know. <laughs> It's hard to put his his um, his impact not just on um, Albion but the game in general mm-hmm. um, into words. Really, we've tried to do it in today's paper. Um, I, I actually think you know it's twofold. He is the man who transcended sport. Um, you know, he not only did he pave the way alongside with Laurie Cunningham, and Brendan Batson, and, and, and also a few other black players in the game like the likes of. Um, George Berry and Bob Hazel at Wolves mm-hmm. paved the way for black footballers for for a generation of black footballers coming through, but he also had a, had a huge impact um, on society as a whole. I would argue, you know, football is such a large chunk of our society, mm-hmm. um, such an important um, part of it, and it mirrors society in many ways. That what he did on the football pitch by um, refusing to give in to you know what was you know let's not beat around the bush horrific racial abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, Really paved the way for for changes in society as a whole, um, and I don't think that's over. I don't think that's overstating it. I mean, he might argue it is because he was a very humble man, mm-hmm. but I really don't think it is. And um, you'll have to look at the outpouring of grief and and the tributes that flew in yesterday from not just the world of football, but from from all corners of the world. You know, when you've got Brian Lara and uh, and Jeremy Corbyn. Mm-hmm. Um, paying tribute to to you for what you've for the social changes that you've you've brought about. You, I think you have to recognise what he's done. Um, obviously, I'm, you know, Laurie Cunningham and Brendan Batson and, and other black players, of course, played their part. But we just almost felt like because he was the number nine, mm-hmm. and because he was this, you know, he's made of granite, and he was he looked, you know, he looked invincible. And that's another reason why why this this death came as such a shock to everybody because he looked invincible. It almost, you know, up until mm. the day he died. I mean. I remember seeing him before Christmas and he was fit as a fiddle and you know we've spoken to a few um, of his mates you know his former players like like John Wyle and and, uh, and Brendan Batson who, who have said you know he could have put a shirt on mm-hmm. tomorrow and played and played a game so that was another reason why the death came as such a shock um, but you know he had I, I think that because of where he played in the pitch just going back to my previous point because he was that talismanic number nine mm-hmm. He was the he was the talisman of that three degrees as well. He was the um, you know the, he was the um, he wasn't you know I'm not saying he's the one that took, bore the most brunt or took the most flack or anything like that. Um, 
but he was the poster boy. Yeah. You know, he was he was um yeah, he was the talisman and it's an incredibly sad day. It's an incredibly sad week. Um not just for Albion fans, but as you say, for West Midlands football. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there are very few players that can go to, that will be able to walk into Villa Park, Molyneux, the Hawthorns, you know, and and the Rico Arena and be universally loved. Yeah. But that's what Cyril was, you know. I mean, I know he only had a season at Wolves and didn't play too long at Villa, but he was loved by everybody in the West Midlands mm-hmm. um, and respected too for what he did and. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's it, you know yes, as I wrote in today's paper, you know yesterday the the world of football was in shock. I think today they're in mourning. You know mm-hmm. it, now it's sort of coming. You know you come to terms with it and realise that we've lost uh, a true, um, not only hero of of the game but um, a, a, a real gentleman as well. You know uh, uh, you know if you take the football out of it for a minute, he was. He was a, uh, a fantastic bloke too, and mm. um, I think that that was the overriding theme of it, of everybody I spoke to yesterday. The overriding theme was just how um, how um, how much of a yeah of, of a stand up guy he was as well. That's the thing, like for me, reading the tributes which were in the paper yesterday, and then of course throughout throughout through the world today, is that it, I mean, whenever sad news like this comes about and you hear about someone who was so well loved I mean there was with with Cyril it was just the one thing you've, you've not heard one bad word about him through whether it was an opponent whether it was a teammate I mean people have fallen out but he was the type of guy who just I mean by the looks of it no one could fall out with this guy he was just such a stand-up guy such a nice guy and the tributes have really um, I mean they've been touching haven't they yeah, and um, John Wilde made a good point to me. He said that you never heard, forget about, you know, his, his death. I mean, tributes will pour in when when someone dies, um, but everything about Cyril was a hundred percent true. Mm. Um, and he said, you know, forget about that for a minute. You never heard anyone say a bad word against Cyril when he was alive, mm-hmm. and you never heard Cyril say a bad word against anybody else. Mm. And you know it. <laughs> That speaks volumes for me. Um, the fact that, considering what he he went through in in his life, um, and yes, okay, playing football is a privileged position, but not when there's thousands of people screaming hate at you. Mm. Um, it is you know it's not that privileged, um, and you know they weren't getting paid the this, the fees they are today, um, so it was tough. And I don't think we should forget that, you know. Um, and considering what he went through, to have no bitterness at all in his, in his you know, in his heart, and to have no, um, you know, to, to to never react and to always rise above it. It the the, the strength of character and the strength of will is absolutely phenomenal. Mm. And um, he is, uh, you know, an example to to everyone really on. Not you know how to go about your life and how to live your life and how to treat others, um, and that's the overriding um, thing thing that I've uh, I've taken from it. Yeah, and and you did say you did seem like you was perfectly fit and healthy. I mean, it's it's strange that you mentioned that. I was watching an interview which um, was conducted just just last year, um, 
involving Cyril when he was talking about that infamous blacks versus whites game, uh, the documentary was put together by Adrian Charles. I mean, it's that's just one of the factors which shows how he did transcend the, transcend the game almost. You know, help helping break cultural bound um, boundaries and stuff like that. And he really has. It's you know, it's um, a terrible shame to lose him. But I mean, I'm, I'm interested to hear from you. I mean, what what is your favourite memories of? Because obviously you did say he predates in the way, in the way that he when he played football. You know we weren't around to see that, unfortunately. But I mean I'm sure you've got some memories which probably stand out for you. Well, I think it was just um, as you say. I didn't never saw him play. Um, heard plenty of stories from my dad growing up, and um, you know speaking to people now, you know that, that team of the 70s and the 80s is legendary in Albion folklore. And uh, rightly so for the the, the, swash, the swashbuckling nature of how they played, um, and you know if you want to pick out games from from that era, obviously the five three at Old Trafford is is the famous one that stands out. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are plenty of others. You know, uh, quite a few fans have mentioned the three one against Villa, where one 0 down with a few minutes to go, and Cyril kick started to turn around. I mean, that's it's an important one for Albion fans. Cheers for that, Cyril. <laughs> um, but my memories of him are just someone who always gave you the, the, the time of day, always gave you, um, always gave you an answer. You know, as a as a journalist, I suppose we're quite used to um, people, and you know, because we it, it's in our it's in our profession mm-hmm. to sort of you have to badger people every now and then for a quote about certain things. I mean, and 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 sometimes it can be um, irritating, and and not. Not because we're being irritating on purpose, but just mm-hmm. because you know you're going about your day, and 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 then suddenly someone calls you for a quote about this or a quote about that, and um, you haven't got the time or whatever. And I get that, I understand that. And when people, you know, when we when we call up people and they say, "Oh, I'm I'm just a bit busy," oh yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Cyril was never never said that. He was all he could always give you two minutes, five minutes of your time, and and it's. Um, that's that's my overriding um, remembrance of uh, my overriding memories of him is the fact that he he was just so generous with his time and um, he didn't need to be um, and it's it's something that's echoed through through pretty much every supporter I've spoken to mm-hmm. that said that he was exactly the same when he was playing exactly the same afterwards um, and he's always been like that and um, <laughs> yeah it's uh, I think that's that's the thing that's why. You know, the Albion fans will will have adored him really since he joined the club, mm-hmm. and will always adore him. Um, you know, uh, regardless, it's um, there was a there was a, there's a fantastic tribute by um, Dave Bowler who writes the the Albion program on the West Brom website, which I urge anybody um, who hasn't read it to go and seek it out. Um, and he makes the very salient point that you know when. When our when our football heroes die, they become legends. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't really lose them. Although obviously the grief and the pain for a lot of fans is is, is pretty terrible today uh, and this week. Um, but we still have the memories. Whereas his family don't. You know they 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 have lost a husband or a father. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody, should, you know his family should be in everyone's thoughts at this time because however bad we're feeling and um you know of course he meant a lot to pe- a lot to a lot of people so everybody has their own right to mourn of course but i think um 
you know it's it's nothing compared to what the family are feeling and um, we should all perhaps remember that yeah and the thoughts with everyone at the Expressing Star are with them uh, of course at this time now we're going to see a number of tributes um, for, for Regis over the next couple of weeks of, of, for sure um, surely Albion have got something special planned they'll have something special I mean it's come as a, it's come as a shock so it's not something we can expect right away from Albion but surely they'll they'll be working tirelessly behind the scenes to offer the best send-off they can. I think everybody at the club wants to do that. Um, I've always spoken to a few people about what, they're, what they've got planned and you know they they want to judge it completely, they want to judge the tone completely right. They, they're not, you know, they want to um, give him a fitting send-off because he was, you know, um, very important to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And um, I know they've got a major celebration plan for the next home game yeah. against Southampton. Um, and then I'm sure there'll be more things in the pipeline uh, moving forward. Um, you know, just, just like when Jeff Astle passed away, mm-hmm. you know, there's a strange symmetry there that they're both, they were both 59 and um, um, Jeff's, well, Jeff's death is still, uh, it's still widely felt, I think, among football fans, yeah. among Albion fans, certainly. Um, and I'm sure Cyril's will be as well for, for years to come. So, um, you know, as you said, it came as a shock. So um, I don't think, I, you know, I don't think they need to rush into anything. I think they, they will want to um, really iron out exactly what's appropriate, what's suitable, what the fans want to do, what the family want to do what his friends want to do, but what he would want as well mm-hmm. and um, move on, move from there because, um, you know, there's no point rushing these things. Um, we haven't got a home game for, I think it's three weeks. Yeah. Um, and that, that'll be, um, I think, uh, the time to, to really celebrate his life. And that's what it should be. It should be a celebration of, of this fantastic man and what he did both on and off the pitch. Yeah, I mean, we could go on about this for hours, but I mean, if there's one thing that Cyril really did enjoy, it was football. Um, and one thing he would have really loved to have seen is Albion getting a win in the league after such a long winless run. And it finally came against Brighton, didn't it? It did, yeah. Um, it's been somewhat overshadowed uh, by the you know the, the horrific news on on Monday morning of uh, of Cyril's passing, but it was, you know. Let's not forget it was a very important victory mm-hmm. on Saturday, and um, although it means, <laughs> you know, it's completely trivial yeah. <laughs> in light of what happened uh, on uh, on Monday. But um, it's uh, yeah, it was an important victory, and they did need to. They needed that. I mean, there was a lot of pressure on the team um, on Saturday. It was as close to a mu- it was cl- it was probably as close to a must-win game in January mm-hmm. as I've as you can come across. I mean. If they'd lost to Brighton at home, a Brighton team, by the way, who are woeful on the road, yeah. then I think the dent in confidence would have been catastrophic and probably irreparable. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Uh, kept a fifth clean sheet in 10 games. Pardew's really turned that around. Um, that's encouraging to see. And when you look at that defence, it looks strong now. With, mm-hmm. Now that Dawson's back, it looks very, very strong. Uh, Foster, I thought, had a good game. In fact, I thought everybody had a good game from, from back to front, really. Mm-hmm. Um and for me, the um, the hunger and the desire, and just the uh, sort of um, the will to win, um, was really evident. They they to a man, they all wanted that, mm. and um, 
you know that, that I don't think any of them can be uh, criticised for um, not believing that they can turn this around and um, it's clear that um, Pardew's got them believing mm-hmm. he made a few changes in the week um, a few tactical changes he switched Barry over to a different side he switched Evans over to a different side he changed up the set pieces which worked a yeah. treat and brought about two goals instead of swinging the corners in they, he drilled them into the near post okay I think Chris Brunt may have overhit the the second one for Dawson's goal but because Dawson was coming in at the back at the far post but yeah. anyway it, it worked um, and that, that I think that's crucial for me because people will have seen our two two headers from corners from defenders that so this is just a Tony Pulis win this is this will not last mm-hmm. but it was th- these were changes that Pardew made to the set pieces he deserves credit for them not Pulis in, in my opinion um, and I think the the really interesting thing was the um, sort of connect between Pardew and the fans on Saturday. Yeah. The um, the uh, it's obvious that Albion have uh, have taken to Pardew. I mean, and I asked him afterwards. It's I mean, because he, he thanked the supporters for their role in the victory because mm-hmm. the atmosphere was fantastic at the Hawthorns on Saturday, and um, in 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 part to the clappers it does have to be said yeah um you know they were derided on social media uh, beforehand but they i they worked for me i mean i i, I think they were a, a resounding success and whether you like them or not um they certainly up the ante and, and they got they got sections of the crowd who wouldn't normally be involved um they got them you know clapping along and on their feet and um yeah. For me, the, the telling thing about the Clappers, I know I've got, gone off a bit on a tangent here, but the telling thing about the Clappers was when I looked just down the road and I saw two kids, probably about six and eight, having so much fun with them, yeah. really enjoying them, slapping them on their hands and just big beams across their face, big beaming smiles. And I just thought, yeah, all right. yeah, You can be snobby about it if you want. Uh, you can call it a, f- a fake atmosphere if you want. It's not, by the way, because mm. you still have to have the fans clap them. They don't make noise by That's themselves. You, yeah, you don't. You, it's not something you, that just sits there and makes a noise. Is it? It's not like you're pumping music into the ground. It's you know, this is something that the fans are getting involved in. Exactly, it's something the fans are doing. Mm. So, I don't think it's a fake atmosphere. It as 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 Dave Bowler, who's already been mentioned on this podcast, pointed out. It, you know, it's just a modern day rattle. Mm-hmm. And if you want to use it, use it. If you don't, don't. I think they're they're here to stay. Um, the uh, the the thing, the what I'm hearing from the club is that they're fully expecting to keep them for the rest of the season. I think that's a good idea because yeah. the atmosphere certainly helped. You know, when when they're all pulling together as one, um, you know, it, it's cliched and whatever, but it's cliched for a reason. You know, that 12th man certainly helps, yeah. and it helps the players. If you feel like, yeah, this is our home, we are not letting anyone get through. Um, we're gonna, you know, we've got the fans on side. Mm-hmm. It helps, and they didn't have that under Pulis towards the end because. The supporters were so apathetic and so disillusioned with the football that the players, you know, they they can sense that in mm. the crowd. They can sense that unease. But when when you know you've got Pardew whipping up the crowd and the crowd responding and they're singing Alan Pardew's Barmy Army, it's only good for the team. It's only good for the players on the pitch. And and if you think about it, you know, that's the role of a supporter if you want to be a supporter then you're supporting the players on the pitch and trying to give them that edge over the over the uh, the opposition and uh, yeah I thought they worked really well um, just going back to what I was initially saying I asked Alan after the game about mm. you know is it amazing to hear the fans say, singing Alan Pardew's Barmy Army 
and he's won two games in ten. Mm. And he said, "Yeah, you know," I, he said, "We we we need to thank them for what they've done." Yeah. He said, "I like to think they are an educated bunch. They they've seen signs of improvement mm-hmm. in the performances, which have been there, which we've touched upon. Yeah. And now they're starting to get the results, albeit against a woeful Brighton side, albeit." You know, they still need to score a goal from from open play, but I think there are signs there that um, that things are on the up, and there are positives to take from that game. We've got Everton away this weekend. Now I'm sure it'll be an emotional game, mm-hmm. uh, considering what's happened with uh, with Cyril. But well, I think we can go there and why not win? Because although they would looked good under Allardyce, um, you know they've fallen away a little bit. They've lost they've, the last three, haven't they? So is that is that right? Yeah. They've lost the last three. Well, there you go. Uh, I mean, you touched on the clappers. I mean, the one thing I saw when I was I was working, uh, I wasn't at the Hawthorns, but I saw that you uh, tweeted there were going to be clappers. I immediately thought back to Birmingham City versus Aston Villa earlier on this season, where the clappers didn't work. They uh, they ended up being launched onto the pitch, but there were no signs of that at the Hawthorns, were there? No, and that's a bit different because I think Birmingham Villa, Blues Villa is a derby, tensions mm-hmm. are high, it's got a history. That was a bad idea. Yeah. Um, it would have been interesting to see what happened had Albion gone two 0 down early on, but yeah. um, they didn't. They helped, and I think Martin Goodman, chief executive, whose idea it was, deserves a bit of credit for that. Yeah. Um, and um, he apparently he also uh, consulted Pardew about it beforehand, and Pardew was uh, yeah, get it get it done. I, he's all, he's on board. I think he realizes that the the crowd will play a big part in in in. Um, the second half of the season, as it did in the Great Escape season, you know, you, mm-hmm. people forget that that the crowd were at the Hawthorns were right behind them, and okay, there was a bit of a fake atmosphere building, if you want, for want a better of a word, from T-Mobile in that year, but it mm-hmm. worked. And and you know, listen, as I said earlier, you can be snobby about it if you want, but <laughs> if it helps, if it helps the, the team, then why not? Exactly, you know, anything to help the team. Uh, you did touch that it was two defenders getting on the score sheet. Um, and it is harsh to say it's Pulis style football because at the end of the day like you said these are tactics which Pardew's employed but it is nice to see defenders you know chipping in and the likes of Johnny Evans I mean even the Ferrari surrounding him regarding January transfer window scoring a goal and the way he celebrated it does show that I mean you might question his integrity and even we did when he was uh, complaining about a sore foot not playing against Exeter I mean he still wants to give his all doesn't he Still matters to him, doesn't it? You yeah. can you can see that it still matters to him, and the way he pumped his fist at the East End, there was a lot of a lot of uh, emotion in that, and I think there's a lot of um, frustration came out there. He probably knows that he hasn't been as good as he as he was last time. I mean, he's he's not been terrible by any stretch. He's, mm-hmm. he's been he's been playing well, but he hasn't been at his absolutely fantastic best that he was last season. Um, and I think he knows that there is all this stuff about. Um, uh, you know the interest from other clubs and his, his contract negotiations and all this stuff rumbling on in the background and I, I think he just wants to um, I think that was a message really to the fans to say look I, I do still care mm-hmm. and I am a model professional and I think he is he is a model professional he yes okay he might want to move to Manchester City but who wouldn't mm. like look, look at them they're absolutely blitzing the league yeah. you know they're playing Champions League football he's 30 years old who wouldn't want to move to Man City I mean mm. I, I, I can't begrudge him that um, but the fact the way that he celebrated 
shows that I think you know yeah he he does still care he's he's not he's by no means down tools or anything like that um, and you know what as we record here they've still not had a bid mm. they've still not had a phone call um, it's all been a bit of bluster so far from Man City and Arsenal saying oh yeah well we are interested but Albion are saying well if you're interested <laughs> make a bid um, so unless you know it, we could get to a stage where it's the it's the end of the window and no one's come in for him and then he, he's here until the end of the until the end of the season and we need him to step up if that's the case because mm. he's the skipper and I'm not saying he hasn't been I'm just saying we need you know in this fight for survival he we, he will be called upon and he will be needed so um, yeah a really timely goal and a, and a good goal from him I thought he was fantastic by the way not just uh, the goal I thought he was absolutely superb Yeah. but my man of the match was the other goal scorer Craig Dawson mm. um, who for me, it's come back from this injury like a man possessed. Mm. He's, like, he's an absolute... I, people will say, oh, you know, if we go down, who, who are we going to lose? I, I, I genuinely think that Craig Dawson would be a top, top of the list for a lot of clubs yeah. being interested because the way he's improved his game over the last two or three years is phenomenal. Mm. When he was first moved out to right-back by Pulis, he didn't look like a right-back. But on Saturday, he was bombing forward as much as Gibbs. You know, he, he yeah. could have had a hat trick. He had a one on one that he just had a little bit of a touch too heavy. Yeah. He was superb defensively. He is it the way how far he has improved his game, and that that's for me is is the key. You know that you get players who are naturally gifted and naturally good, and then maybe plateau. Dawson gets better and better for me mm-hmm. as each month goes past, and that's because of his work ethic, and the fact that he's bounced back from this knee injury like this. Flip. I mean, we Albion are lucky to have him, hmm. and um, it. You know, I, I like I said, out of uh, you know, if we went down, you know, I could see Evans going, Chadley going, maybe, and but Dawson would be one that I'd be worried about because uh, he's um, he's. I think he's a credit to the club. Hmm. Uh, I suppose, I mean, like I said, it's good to see defenders scoring, but I suppose the deficiencies it does show is that you're still not scoring from open play and you're not scoring with your attackers, which is where you really want to be getting goals from. It's always a bonus when a defender's scoring, but does this really show that Pardew does need to invest, especially in someone who's going to score goals or maybe create them? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, they all played well, uh, but Rondon missed two chances at the end that... uh, he did well to to make, but he, he still put them over, and you're just thinking, "Come on!" He mm. played well for 90 minutes. Get yourself a goal, confidence booster. Um, yeah, I, I there is that aspect of it, isn't there? I mean, one for the first part, you want your defenders scoring because it's useful, mm-hmm. and it, Albion did really well with that last season. But on the second part, you, you know, maybe a two 0 win with with a couple of Rondon goals would have, would have been better. Yeah. Not better, but because you had a win is is a win, and especially when you're on such a bad run. But you know, it the the, the problem with January is that Albion they can't they need to sell to buy yeah. as we've stated several times. So unless somebody comes in for Evans, because I can't see him to anyone else, mm-hmm. um, there is perhaps. You know, there, there has been in the past interest in Higazi, but I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to get rid of him because I think he's been fantastic. Mm. Um, so Evans is really the only one that can go. Uh, Pardew's already said James McLean is, is staying. Um, Krakowiak staying for the season now. Yeah. So 
you know it's it's it really is Evans or nothing and um the uh, if they don't sell Evans if no one comes in for him then all they can do is is a, is a modest loan yeah. um so then maybe they'll look to get in a striker or an attacking midfielder on loan but um apart from that it's you know they you could get to the end of the window and and they haven't strengthened and um it'll be interesting to see oh yeah it'll be interesting to see how they react to that because mm. um i think Pardew's um said you know I just need one or two faces in just to freshen it up yeah I, I suppose the only bad thing that's really coming out of the game is the issue regarding, uh, regarding Jay Rodriguez and Gaetan Bong it doesn't look great does it I mean it's it's something that's happened on the pitch it's been reported to the referee I mean there's no way for us to know what was said or what wasn't but it's an issue which is going to cause a little bit of concern isn't it yeah I mean as you say there is no way of us knowing what what was or wasn't said mm-hmm. Um, at this stage um, when I first saw it I haven't played quite a bit of uh, Saturday League football clogged around in, yeah. in parks football in my time um, I I thought oh I know what that is he's, he's said when, what happens when two players get up close and personal touch heads you know bit of uh, handbags one player will it's a classic put down in Sunday League oh mate your breath smells mm. That's what it looked like to me. Now, I'm not saying that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me. And um, I, I'm sure you've all seen the, um, the, the the replays of when Rodriguez, um, you know, uh, holds his, pinches his nose and wafts his hand in front of his face as if to say, oh, you smell. Mm. And um, But, but Gaten Bong has made this allegation that um, Rodriguez said, you're black and you stink. Yeah. Um, and Rodriguez has vehemently denied it, saying... It was just a um, no, privately saying it was just a uh, it was just a comment on bad breath. Yeah. Now, okay, it may have been unwise if that was the, if it was that case. I mean, we don't know what we don't know how the FA are going to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we I think we have to take at this stage we have to take Bong's allegations um, seriously. Yeah. Um, as much as I would be completely surprised if Rodriguez had overstepped the line purely on my own personal one-to-one dealings with him yeah. he is an absolute gent um, and I would be incredibly surprised I actually think he he may have been um, his own innocence and maybe naivety has uh, created this situation where um, you know he, he, he doesn't I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm speculating here and it's, mm-hmm. it's a bit dangerous for me to do this so maybe I shouldn't but I wonder if he's just done this classic put down hasn't realised the ramifications of what Bong might think it means. Yeah. Um, and because, you know, because of um, his skin colour and um, Bong has perhaps misinterpreted it. Now, that might not be the case. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what what was or wasn't said. Rodriguez may have overstepped the line. Um, so we'll wait to see what the FA fi- find on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's a real shame because it's sullied um, what was a... Uh, and, a, and a, you know a great win really and um, it's, it has slightly overshadowed it which is a shame um, I, I, I'm i hoping and praying that the the effort you know that the um, Rodriguez uh, is cleared um, because I haven't you know having met him mm-hmm. I, as I said earlier I'd be surprised but we have to take these things seriously um, so the allegation has been made 
and it's now in the in the FA's hands, and that's you know I suppose that's all we can say. Yeah, I mean, what sort of steps do the FA take now? Is this something which goes to a panel of some sort? Is it something that they review? Um, I mean, behind the scenes, and then if if he's found, say he's found guilty of something, I mean, relating to that, I mean, could we see a lengthy ban? I mean, we we saw the likes of Luis Suarez with the whole Patrice everything. I mean, he was banned for a long while, wasn't he? Yeah, we could, but I think we're getting into um, you know. Hypotheticals here, yep. you know. He, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll let's wait and see what the FA decide first mm. before we discuss what's right or wrong about bans and and, and, and whatnot. Because um, you know, at, at this stage, all we know there's been an allegation made. The other party has denied it, and it's not up to it's up to the people to speak to the referee, speak to the players, and look at camera angles to decide whether. Mm. Um, whether there's anything in it, um, but yeah, it's it's not it's not something that um, is too savoury and not something that um, eh, well, yeah, it's it's not it, it's not something that anybody wants to be uh, writing about, shall we say? Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, uh, West Brom now have a chance to continue their good run against Everton. It's away from home. Uh, but it really is a chance to keep the ball rolling because like, like we touched on before, Everton, they started well under Allardyce when he came in, but they have had this little bit of a slump, haven't they? And so now now's a really, really a chance for Albion to build. Yeah, and uh, there's a there's a few signs of cracks emerging at Everton, I think, because Allardyce, after the 4-0 drubbing by Spurs last weekend, said uh, we need to be more boring. Mm. And I know that's not what the fans want to hear because I think they've only had uh, two shots on target in the last three games or something. Yeah. So... Um, Interesting uh, developments there at Goodison Park. You know, after Allardyce came in and, and, and quite quickly turned their fortunes around, the wheels—I wouldn't say they're coming off, but they're starting to loosen. Yeah, <laughs> and this might be a good time to play Everton. I mean, Albion are on the um, are on the crest of a wave, albeit sort of. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's it's horrible, really. But you know, this this, this win has been overshadowed by um, you know events with with with, with Cyril. So whether they react to that by um, Going out and trying to win it for him, or, or you know, that would probably be the, the positive way of doing it. Um, or whether they, or whether it, unfortunately, you know, it might overshadow it. I mean, I don't know how many of the players knew him personally, but mm-hmm. um, it's just the fact of what he meant to the club. You know, I'm sure there's quite a few of those senior pros in there. You know, and the likes of Brunt and Foster, who knew him quite well. So, we'll um, we'll see what happens. Um, I think this is a good opportunity, though. I think. Um, They've got two wins on the bounce, okay, against a League Two side and and an out-of-form Brighton team who can't score on the road. Mm -hmm. But they're still two wins nonetheless. And they're in touch and distance now, and they can get out of the bottom three if they beat Everton. And it's a good opportunity to really really sort of kick-start a little run of form, build the confidence... Uh, and, and I suppose get the season up and running because it, it's been it's been limping along until now. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's weird to be playing Everton so soon again. It was only a, only a matter of weeks that you played them before and battered them by the way. Yeah, but yeah, they were unlucky not to get a goal in that game. I mean, can they can they kind of reverse their fortunes a little bit at Goodison Park because the pressure? I mean, you'd really think the pressure would be on Everton, especially given the, the run of form that they've currently had. Yeah, I think the pressure probably is a bit on Everton um, after Albion won last weekend. It's away from home. I think there'll be lots of uh, people thinking about Cyril, lots of fans. I think the pressure's on Everton, certainly. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, so maybe there is an opportunity there for Albion. Um, and yeah, like you said, 
absolutely destroyed them at the Hawthorns, but just couldn't score, and it was nil-nil. Uh, I've not seen a, I haven't seen a more one-sided nil-nil for a long time. Mm. So if they can build draw on that, great. Do the flip side is that you know Allardyce would have seen that, and he might think he might have you know seen some weaknesses or some tinkered a bit with how to uh, how to change it and um, sort of stopped that from happening. But as I said earlier, it's, it, it, it seems like the Everton players will be getting a massive dressing down uh, this week. So it'll be interesting to see how they perform. Um, Albion, I would hope, will be pretty high on confidence after last weekend. And the crucial thing is that they didn't pick up any injuries. So mm-hmm. that team with um, Barry Krakowiak um, in midfield and Brunt and Phillips on the wing, I like that team. I, th- I, I like that uh, midfield a lot. And I think, um, you know, as I said earlier, having Dawson and Gibbs behind them, very, 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 very um, prominent. So, yeah, uh, well, there's a good opportunity here. Mm. I mean, the, the worrying thing with Everton is, unlike Albion, they have got some funds to spend um, quite freely. They've already splashed out on Cenk Tosin. They're linked with Theo Walcott. I mean, if, if if a deal is to be wrapped up for Walcott, he'd obviously be someone to, to watch out for if he's even playing. But... I suppose that's something that could could play into Everton's hands slightly if could they've got this money to spend if Tosin, you know, playing at home. I mean, that might be something for Albion to worry about, maybe. Is, this, is it his first home game? I think it might be. It could be. I'm not entirely sure. but uh, were, they, were they at Wembley at the weekend? I'm not sure. Um, anyway, could be his first home game. He'll be wanting to prove to the home fans. Theo Walcott could be his first game. Um, I think they've agreed a £20 million fee mm-hmm. today. That's what the reports are. So, yeah, there'll be players there that want to prove. I mean, the fact that they're bringing other players in, there'll be players in, in, in the existing team who want to prove themselves. You know, um, you know, you can't write them off. But I, I saw, I saw enough in that uh, that nil nil draw at the Hawthorns earlier this season to think that Albion's midfield can dominate that Everton midfield. I think um, Barry has the beating of the likes of Tom Davis and mm-hmm. Schneidling and I think he's a better midfielder than either of those two and I think um, he proved that in the, in, the, in the first fixture so yeah we'll see what happens yeah and you said a win can lift Albion out of the relegation zone it seems mad considering that they hadn't won a game since August that that was the case but it just goes to show just how congested the bottom of that table is uh, and Albion did well to pick up a, a, I mean it's 10 draws isn't it for Albion so far this season so they have kept somewhat in touch and they are in touch now that will surely spur the players on as well, won't it? Because although players will always reel out the, oh, I don't look at the table, I don't do this, they're, they're going to know that this is a big, big game, isn't it? Yeah, of course. I mean, as you say, they all know exactly where they are in the table. They will, Because it's so, actually, it's so financially important to themselves if they go down, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> they st- a lot of them, well, all of them stand to lose, um, you know, half their wages if they go down. So, it's um, it's important to them. It's important to everybody. Um, and I think um, they all know exactly where they are. They all know exactly where Everton are, and they'll they will be seeing this. They'll be se- I think they'll be sent in blood mm-hmm. in the water, and they might think, you know, we're we're high on confidence. Let's go and uh, play our game again. Get in amongst them. Get the home fans on Sam's back because yeah, it's not it's not it's not all you know happy in paradise over there so um, yeah we'll see yeah and obviously Alan Pardew having won the last game do you expect him to make any changes it's one of them where you stick with the same 11 surely right yes I think he'll stay with the same 11 because I thought they played really well 
Um, the only issue I have with his selection on Saturday was I thought he could have maybe left Burke or Field on the bench um, mm. just for a little bit more forward momentum off the bench. However, the fact that there were that Dawson and um, uh, Evans had to come off with with Knox, actually, the you know it, it did play. It was um, a good. It was a good thing that he had so many defenders on the bench. So. Mm. You know, you could argue that way, but I would perhaps maybe drop. Um, I don't like to say it, but maybe Jakob from the bench and put Burke on, just in case you are chasing the game and need a and need a fast-paced winger to, to to get you on the counter-attack. But that being said, he's brought Burke on before and he hasn't been too impressed with him. So um, rightly or wrongly, so um, you can see he's going for. Uh, Experienced players that he he believes he can trust, yeah. um, but that starting eleven that started against uh, Brighton, yeah, I expect to see that as the same again because that was pretty strong. Yeah, and we'll finish up with uh, a simple match prediction, Matt. Um, Do you know what? I think yeah, this this is going to be the Kickstarter. I think we're going to get a win. I think it's going to be two um, one to the Albion. I'm going for a carbon copy two nil. Two nil. I, I, I really am hopeful that. Especially thinking of some of the, the players that Everton have got. They haven't got a lot of pace in that side, especially at the back, you know, the likes of Ashley Williams, Phil Jagielka. They're not the quickest. So I've got a feeling that they could they could actually break out and hopefully a striker, a striker will go and score because that's the one thing which um, Albion do need. Uh, but no, that, that pretty much wraps this podcast up. Um, we apologise for the sombre the somber tone, but it's something which I'm sure you guys will understand given the situation around the Hawthorns and around Albion. Um, as I said before, all of our best wishes go to the family of Cyril Regis, anyone related, anyone involved in that. Um, but we do ask uh, for you guys, of course, to submit any questions, any comments, even if even if you want to just share some of your memories of Cyril with us, feel free to tweet us at the Express and Star. Um, they will always be valued. Um, but otherwise, uh, we'll go into this weekend hoping for a win. So, Matt, thank you. Thank you, Luke. And thanks to everyone listening. We will catch you next week.